so excited to be restarting our gathering time on November 1st. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it, but we will be gathering at 11 o'clock to to worship together for those who are called to do so. And um, many of you will be called to, to be at home where it is safer for you. But for those of us who are called to be here on November 1st at 11 o'clock, we're going to begin the journey of restarting the church at Seven Run. You're going to be hearing a whole lot more about it. But as we do restart and begin again, we are doing so in response to the call of God. Not merely our own ideas or our best thoughts, but seeking and listening to the, the call of God from eternity past. And so today, we're continuing on in the It's Your Call series. And, and what I want to share with you today is kind of one sentence in three parts. So I want to give you what I want to share with you and then kind of break it down into three parts. And, and just want to say, I have no ability um, as a speaker to have any impact for God whatsoever. And unless the Spirit of God empowers and anoints, unless your heart is softened and opened, there's just no way that anything of the kingdom of God or anything eternal is going to happen. But if together we believe, and if, if in humility you will hear these, these broken words of mine, I truly believe that the call of God can be heard today around the world and, and the church of Seven Run can begin to rise. What I want to share with you today is this, that you are called in love. So listen in love. Listen in love to the call, then do God's loving work in the world. And that's as simple as it is. That's what I want to share with you this morning. So let's break that apart and, and begin at the beginning to say that you are called in love. You're called in love to life-changing salvation and to a noble new purpose that, that has been inspired by love and made possible by love. Isaiah 65.1 says this, I have revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me to a nation that did not call on my name. I have said, here am I. Here am I. And so God is saying to each one of us that I am working to reveal myself to you. And all we have to do is to hear our call in love. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, and he said to us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. So, so love has surrounded your life from the beginning. It may not feel that way, but from eternity's perspective, it is true. From eternity past to this very moment, God has been calling you to trust in Christ and to be forever changed, to be forever saved. Love has been working for you from before you were born. Love has been calling your name since you were born. Isaiah 43.1 says, but now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, listen to that, he who created you, not an accident. 
You are a design. You're not an afterthought. You are the forethought of God. You're not a mistake. You are from the perfection of Father's heart. You are not alone or ignored. You have the attention of your Heavenly Father forever on you. He knows your name. And he formed you. So he then goes on to say, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. I've called you by name. And you are mine. You see, love, so many songs and so many poems, many of them bad, um, so much of of life inspired by so many definitions and interpretations and feelings of love. But love isn't a fuzzy concept or a sunny feeling. Love is a person with a name. Love's name is Jesus. And there truly is something about that name that is supernatural. It evokes something in you. It evokes a response in you. And in our sin, it evokes revulsion, in our sin, it, it evo- evokes avoidance, but, but when love begins to soften our hard hearts, it inspires love back. It inspires possibility. It, it inspires hope. It, sin will repel us from the name, but love will draw us to that name of Jesus and, and call us to speak it in life unashamedly. Call us to to own it in the sense of receiving it and living from it. Love, it's all defined in in John 3.16. For God so loved the world, you, that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever listens to love, whoever responds to love, whoever believes that, that in Christ, There is the eternal call of God on their life. There's something relevant for their problems and their pain and for their challenges in their family and their work life. Whoever hears in the name of Jesus the the reality of a God who cares and bends their will and receives the name, who believes is not going to perish but have everlasting life. So in love, God called us to Jesus. God's calling requires speaking, and God's speaking requires us listening and responding. And in John 5, 24 through 25, Jesus said this, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. This is not about religion. This is about salvation. Verse 25 says, I, very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Who are the dead? You and I. And those who listen will live. I want to remind you throughout this message today of that last phrase, those who listen will live. Listen to what? The loving call of God who listen to a love that that gives birth to hope and and gives birth to new beginnings and and eradicates sin and 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 erases um you know the 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 horror of hell and releases us from the the chains of our past 
those who listen to the message of Jesus. And in that message, hear the call, the authentic eternal call of God. They are going to live. The dead will do nothing because there's nothing in them. Scripture says that that they will um, that that those who hear and believe will uh, will cross over from death to life, right? Um, and, and the time is coming when the the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. This this metaphor for people going from unfaith to faith, from unbelief to belief, from from discounting love to love becoming everything for them in their lives. This whole movement is described as 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 resurrection. It's it's from death to life. So before you and I hear the call of God in love, we are dead. And dead people do nothing because there's nothing inside of them. But we live whatever's inside of us. So um, if fear is inside of us, then we're going to live fear. If anger is inside of us, then we're going to live angry. Do you know people who it seems like their first response to just about anything is to be angry about it? Oddly, I've known a lot of church people. And their first response to just about anything in the church is to be angry. And like a sponge, when you squeeze it, whatever's inside comes out. And, and so in our lives, uh, if we're hopeless, then then that's what we're going to live from. If we're envious, that's what we're going to live from. If we're wounded, that's what we're going to live from. But when we hear the call of love to life-changing salvation and a new purpose, and to realize that love has a name, and the name is Jesus, and that those who call on the name of Jesus will be saved, when you and I say yes to the call of love, when Christ well, then Christ comes to live inside of us. And when Christ lives in us, we live Christ in the world. You are called to love. I, I don't say were because this is present tense. You are right now in the midst of your life and all of your failures and all of the impossibilities. You are called to love. So, listen to the call in love. And then do God's loving work in the world. This is the call of God. You were called then to a life-changing salvation and a noble new purpose. But something in you has to give way to the heart of God. You know, this, this is a life exchange. The scripture says in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the love we're talking about, again, isn't, isn't some fuzzy concept. It is a, a name. It is a person who lived a clearly defined life and a beautiful mission and a, a noble purpose and offered a receivable salvation. And you have to hear that call. And, and then you have to receive that call in love. And then you, you and I must repent. We have to, to let 
the hardness of our hearts go. We have to let our arrogance and ego die. We have to let our, the illusion of control and our own independence be swept away in the wind. And in Jesus, we have to turn and fix our eyes on Jesus. Let him be the, the one who now begins in us a whole new life so much that we are as though we were born again and we have to relearn everything. And we follow him in believer's baptism. We, we, we declare to the world we're not ashamed of Jesus. We're going to walk in his footsteps for the rest of our days in love. And, and we are buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in a new life. This is our own resurrection experience. And so we live in the call of God, in love and in hope, in, in light and in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You and I have to choose to give way, to repent, and to receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. You were called in love that has a name. Love's name is Jesus. So, so what I want to do today to help you let that mean something, to be more than just a knowing that does not translate into a doing, to, to let this grip your life. Some of us live our faith as though we are uh, tires on ice, and it's as though we never can get traction and momentum, but, but here's how you get momentum in your, your spiritual journey in the footsteps of Jesus. You listen in love. You listen to the call of God in love. So very often, something lightless inside of us stops us from believing that we can and should do the will of God in the world. And there is this lightless lie inside of us that arrogantly imagines our own will is better than God's. What a joke. Fear will keep us from trusting the truth that God's will is better than our own. Fear will lie about God and say, love hasn't written that story. You can write your own story that's much, much better. But Jesus showed us in the Garden of Gethsemane, before the crucifixion, how to, how to handle the, the, the struggle of, of responding to the fierce love of God. Go read Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And in the last hours before Jesus was, was arrested and crucified, three times Jesus went and prayed this. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me, unless I drink it, unless I do it, may your will be done. When you think of God's call in your life and deciding whether or not you want to do it, whether or not the call of God is more attractive than something you can come up with, or, or whether you're deciding that, that the call of God can actually lift you from your own hopelessness and despair, um, and that, that anything can become of your life. In those moments, I want you to think of infinite love at work. An infinite love at work with infinite wisdom. And an infinite love at work from infinite wisdom from a perfect heart that isn't always evident to us. In those moments of the crucifixion, the disciples scattered in fear because they said, there's no way this could be good. This, there's no way this could be God. This shatters everything. But the truth is, in the upside down of our own vision, God often reveals the right side up of the kingdom. 
So you may not understand the the call of God. I understand it probably about 5% of the time. But when I choose to believe that the call is from love, and then when I when I train my own stubborn and foolish, untrusting heart to listen in love, not in fear, something changes inside of me. When the call of God begins to get traction in my life and, and it is as though the darkness begins to recede and the light begins to come on. And 1 Thessalonians 5 24 says this, the one who calls you is faithful and he'll do it. Yeah, love never fails. See, it's not about us. We're not the source of anything but sin, but God in grace, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1, 28 and 29, chose things despised in the world. You're chosen. I'm I'm nothing (laughs) in the world. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that in God's eyes, I'm of value and worth something, but in the world, I'm, I'm a nobody. But God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. And that's the way you may feel about yourself. It's the way you may feel about your future. It's the way you may feel about your power to do anything meaningful in this world. And God used them to bring to nothing what the world considers as important. And verse 29 says, and as a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. This is, this is all from God. Your call is from God. Wherever you are in life, no matter how hard it is or how far down you feel, know that you are called into the glory of Christ. You are called into the glory of Christ. Let that sink in. Love did that. And they did that. Love did that for you. And and, and so when you begin to listen to the scriptures and you listen in love and you begin to to pray and you listen to God's response in love and and when you, you, you hear the call of God to Christ and you believe it's in love, it begins to change everything. Again, it, it is what the scripture says, that the path of the righteous is like the first light of dawn, shining ever, dark to the, ever lighter to the full bright of day. Everything is dark and then love brings a light. And as we continue to trust love, love illuminates everything. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14 says, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. It's all about love. So many many churches and and so many denominations and, and so many individuals forget that all of this is about love. If if it's not love for you, if it's rules, um, if it is earning, if it is, you know, if, if it's anything but just unmerited grace and endless joyful love, then you've missed the plot of the story. Because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. That's Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And verse 14 says, he called you to this. You are called. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how that strikes you this COVID season. I don't know how that strikes you in the anxiety of an election um, in a nation that is torn apart. I don't know how that strikes you 
in economic um, you know struggles in 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 racial uh, tragedy and and I don't know how that strikes you in this broken world, but the thought of in all of this hardness and in all of of my own inability that I get to share in the glory of Christ now and forevermore, that is so inspiring. You are called in love. So learn to listen in love, not in fear, not in anxiety, not in unbelief. Learn to listen in love to the call of God and then when you have when you have heard the call of God, those who listen, the scripture says, they are they're going to be saved. <laughs> when you've heard the call of God, then do God's loving work in the world. All of this is active. God's calling, our listening, and then doing the will of God that is that is from eternity past, an active, redemptive engagement with all of the broken and all the hopeless and all the the lost of life, there is a doing that comes from believing. A faith that does nothing is nothing. How cheap is it to say that we believe in this gospel of Jesus Christ, this gospel of love, this good news of love invading the world, and then we do nothing with it? We act as though it is somebody else's job to do things. No, you are called. You are the answer. You are to be the difference in this world. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Want to know who you are? Want to know what your worth is? Want to know what the possibilities of you rising in life? You want to know the nobility of your destiny? It's your call and your response to the call, to your hearing the call in love and then answering the call in love to be the love of God in the world. First Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race. Listen, seven run. This is who we are. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy people called to be the very possession of God that we may proclaim the excellency of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's our journey. That's our privilege. That is, that is our joy. It's our call. And the reason you're frustrated in your faith is you're not answering your call. The reason your faith isn't inspiring you to anything that is world-changing is because you, you're not answering your call. The reason you're dissatisfied with church and angry at people and, 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 and unfocused in life and defeated in life is because you're not answering your call to be God's loving work in the world. We are called out of death and darkness to be the life and light of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. You, not somebody else, not some pastor. You are called to be the light of the world. God has a vision of doing something epic with your life that's bigger than you can imagine. And God's epic vision, though, is going to require a bold faith on, on your part, a fierce faith, just like it was with Jesus. F Father, this cup is, is fearful and 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 
and, and just all of hell on my shoulders. Father, if there's any way. But love is writing the story. And I know that you are ever faithful. And so, Father, I trust your love and I will be your work in the world. Not my will, but your will be done. John 15, 16 is where Jesus says this. You didn't choose me. Remember, (laughs) it's your call. But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit to do something in this world. To do something visible and tangible that touches real people. You know, not somebody somewhere someday. Your family, the people you work with, the other students in school, your teachers, the, the people at Walmart, the real broken people around you. You are called to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that you may ask what Ever you want in my name and my father will give it to you. Oh my gosh, what a bold promise of Jesus. And the truth is, as God restarts the church at Seven Run, and, and we are restarting. We want to be the church that, that is the light of the world that reaches men and women and boys and girls for Jesus. And our, our mission is to, to reach as many people as we possibly can by creatively revealing this unimaginable, beautiful, intriguing, uh, unfathomable love of the Father through the life of, of the Son in the power of the Spirit of God until every man and woman, boy and girl in our region has a growing, life-changing personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Our work isn't done. So we're going to restart the work. We're going to get busy. And we are going to answer our call. As God restarts the church of seven run with a new love from him and a new love for him, we are called and committed, not discouraged and defeated. As Paul said in Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The call of God is on your life. You are called in love, so listen in love and then do, commit to do God's loving work in the world. It begins in salvation and it never, ever ends. I'm asking you today just to say yes to your call (laughs) and to let love win in you and in everyone God calls you to for the rest of your life. Hey, Seven Run, thanks for hearing my heart and being God's love in this broken world.